0: Welcome to this episode. Of Let's chat. I'm your host Chris Revel coming here from the Cat Cave in Providence, Rhode Island. Today we have Dan Kozu. He is a writer, author of the book Lingaria, book one of one. It is available on Amazon. You may have seen his work shared on our social media pretty much daily. Uh, Dan has written. Dan has written a lot of articles for the Hard Times and Hard Drive. Uh, if you're new to the show, welcome aboard. Uh, those who've listened before, you know and you follow us on social media. We are huge fans of the hard times here at Let's Chat. We've had founder Matt Singh come on the show before. But if you want to dig back, listen to that. That was a really fun one. And um, we talked about him on this episode. Nothing but wonderful things to say because he seems like a legit dude. Um, th- this is a lot of fun. I had uh, Dan and I have been talking about doing this for... Months we were supposed to do this a while ago, and then just a couple of stuff happens in both of our lives where we had to like change the date, and then we were we came almost hammered it down, but I was waiting to get into the studio to record it, and then when all this stuff happened, we realized that it might be a while and didn't want to wait any longer, so we said fuck it, let's just let's just schedule it and record, and we did, and it was as fun. It was as fun as it could be. I I absolutely love this. Um, Dan's definitely one of my favorite writers for the hard time So we talk about in this episode. I I. I refer to him as the John Schwarzfelder of the hard times, which is a, a deep cut Simpsons reference. Uh, so Dan's like, in his words too, is he, he's a utility player where his articles probably don't usually go viral, but he gets on there a lot and they're fucking solid and they're some of my favorite. He's written like three or four since we talked last time that I, you know, I, I'm starting to kind of, I'll start to guess who, who's who I'm starting to write. You start to recognize a lot of the writers' names. I know that his his work definitely just speaks to me. Uh, so this is a really great episode. I, I'll just give you a little hint. We definitely talk about Christian Ska and Louie Anderson. Um, it, it took some turns. It took some turns. A lot of fun. Um, anyway, let's do a little housekeeping before we start the episode. Uh, thank you to the team, Christopher Ball, Will Forcer, Brianna Benjamin, Maxwell Baines, and I want to introduce you to our newest member, Nathan Peavy, who is a, a past guest. You can go back and he's on in the early days, and he's co-hosted and uh, also a real-life friend, and I'm so happy to have you aboard, Nate. I was also uh, uh, recently on an episode of a uh, past guest a while back, Andrew Hall, who at the time, we, he was on the Naked Diner podcast. So he now has this uh, great YouTube show called Best Advice Ever. You can find that on YouTube uh, at YouTube Laughing in Disbelief or on uh, Patheos.com. And and it, it, was, it was fun. And the... I, i'll give you i won't spoil it but we talked a lot about the emdr therapy on this and uh the advice that the, the the advice that i had gotten the best advice i've gotten over some years from my therapy not ignoring advice just because you don't like the source which i've been guilty of but we talk about that a lot so that's really fun and really really fucking excited to ex- announce that griffin newman the griffin newman downtown griffin newman himself will be uh next week's next week's guest he is on the very popular podcast that I'm obsessed with, Blank Check. He played Arthur on The Tick on Amazon, which is one of my favorite shows. He's on Showtime's um, Our Cartoon President. He'll be in the new He-Man Masters of the Universe. He's been on Supergirl. Um, it, it's, it, yeah, he's, a, he's, a, he's a bona fide, like, uh, famo. And uh, it was just could not have been nicer and kinder. Cannot wait for you all to hear that. and. We will be doing a giveaway for Lingaria, so make sure you check all the social media. Uh, So let's do it like no, alright. Let's do it this way. Uh, Comment on any of our Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram within the first week of this episode. Uh, Tag a friend, and you enter a chance to win a free copy of Lingaria. If not, make sure you go onto Amazon and buy it, and make sure you follow Dan online at Dan Kozu. We'll put all the episodes in the show notes, and um, let's get to it. The well. Said goodbye to a few, some I didn't tell. Couldn't have seen 21,000 miles, but I got there. be a hard he seems like one of those people is probably the easiest hardest people to get to interview
1: yeah i think he has to want to do your interview yeah like it doesn't matter how small you are but he wants to he, he, yeah he'll have to want to do it and uh yeah because my cousin is like, like friends with him and i've
0: never been able to get that to or like <laughs>
1: well so uh I feel like everybody's cousin knows yeah. him. Or like in Chicago, everybody's cousin knows Steve Albini, uh, but uh, nobody actually knows. him. one
0: actually knows him. And she, well, so she's not from our world. I, I don't really know how she knows it. Well, she's a musician. She's older than I am. Um, she played in a band called Unwound, which oh, okay. is like a really weird noise band that nobody knows. Uh, so certain in certain <laughs> sects of weird p- culture, p- they're pretty big of that of that elk. But I remember uh, last time I saw her, she was touring with her band, Hungry Ghost. And they were playing DC the night before, and I was just talking about that, like, Foo Fighter, Sonic Highway thing that I was watching at the time, and she's like, oh, yeah, Ian was just at the show last night, and my jaw just fucking dropped. I was like, you know Ian McKay? Wow. She's like, oh, yeah, okay. And I'm like, but she was, <laughs> I'm like, okay. But she's like one of those people. Her, um, so I know you're a big metalhead, and, um... I think actually now it's her husband. But at the time, at my wedding, when she came to it, um, he was in the, her husband, or now ex-husband, is the lead singer of Red
1: Fang, which I had deme- to Oh, no way. I mean, sorry to hear that their marriage <laughs> didn't work out. But uh, but yeah, Red Fang's one of my favorites. I just
0: assumed you had that personality. Uh, yeah, 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 but it was they, they were married...
1: <laughs> They do. They have a big sense of humor. I love metal bands with senses of humor, and, and Red Fangs one. Of oh them.
0: my yeah. They, when I he was at my wedding, and he came to the wedding, and um and like my other friend, like we just spent the whole time like after the next morning, just going like uh so what's it like meeting Brian Poe saying? <laughs> <laughs> but like the interesting uh story. This isn't his podcast, but uh. If, let's we'll just talk about other people that we kind of tangentially know. Uh, but like, because he was like, I think I, I'm i going to, I might get this wrong, but I think he was like a research scientist or some shit. Like, you know, they were not young men. They were like metalhead working stiffs, or at least he was, like married with a kid. Oh, really? And, and then okay. the band took off at like age, like he was like 40 when that happened. Like, oh, wow. so, like it just like And so when they were married, like she was the seasoned musician veteran. Cause she was playing with uh, Crin Tucker's band at that, that time to unwound all this crazy. they out in Portland, but then like he had like those one in the million stories of like you know all of a sudden then Red Fang
1: fucking took off,
0: and they're really
1: good. Oh wow, yeah, they really like are. They're, it's they're one of my favorites.
0: They're so and their lyrics are. It's so weird because they're like one of those bands that like they're not huge in the states, but like overseas they are. I think that's how they have a career.
1: Oh wow. Well, that gives me hope for me being almost forty that uh, Woo! that my career will take off. I mean,
0: hey, s- same here. At thirty-five and six years into this, I was like, hey, maybe I should try to make some money off this podcast thing.
1: <laughs> and with that, let's go to a break.
0: And we uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is uh, we have a first-time caller, and I mean ever because this is not a call-in show. And I, through that, I just said Simpsons. Yeah, I just uh, I, I, Dan. I've read so much of your stuff. <laughs> I kind of think I know you.
1: <laughs> I was just looking through your Instagram feed. I'm like, we, we hit on so many of our favorite things together. Yeah, so when,
0: you, when, when I just saw that you made that Futurama spaceship thing, I was like, are you fucking kidding me?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. That oh, I love that show. How
0: did you make that? What is that out of?
1: That's, it's, it's a thing called Perler Beads, and uh, some people call them like pixel beads or something, and they're these little plastic beads, and so you get like a pegboard, and you put them in one by one, and then you put like a, a wax paper over it. And you iron them to make them stick. But I've done. I it's it's like my like Zen hobby that I do, where I'll I'll sit and watch Star Trek and just nice. just do these things over and over again. And so I just I just made all the Star Trek badges. Uh, I've done some big pieces. Like I did a, a, a bust of Shira. That's like that, like a human-sized face. Uh, some big ones, but uh, but yeah, that's this is just a hobby that I do. But yeah, it's called perler beads. Do abuse. you sell them? No, no. I've seen people sell them at cons and stuff, but uh, if you if you search it on, like, Instagram, uh, you'll see people who have just... I mean, they do... People do 3D pieces out of it that are just wow. unbelievable, but no I, no, I don't sell them. I just do it for fun. I,
0: I like to show my good interviewing in schools to bring you on, and, and instead of bring up your book or writing for the hard times or any of your other work, I was like, can you tell me <laughs> about your hobby that you in no way profit from and just happen to post once today only? But uh, but no, but I saw... I also,
1: uh, I, I planted a lilac bush today. Do you want to talk about that for a little I'd
0: like while? to hear about the thyme on your hand, because that <laughs> killed me.
1: Yes, I did. I I, I had to trim back my thyme bush today, and uh, and I made an awful, awful pun about it.
0: I was so proud. And so, um, the way the show works, I would imagine that you've probably put together at this point. Uh, I, we just talk not, like normal, and then I'll go back and I'll find a cut-in spot, and then just... Kinda. Of, I always I love those ones where it just kind of jumps into the conversation. So I'll, uh, whenever I edit it, I'll be like, "Where do I think this starts off okay, <laughs> or starts off well?" So, yeah, so sure. just <laughs> talk about time and uh, Futurama and, uh, uh, well, you know that is it's it's funny because um, you're you're one of those people like so I'm a like it's probably pretty obvious I'm a huge heart a huge fan of the hard times, but I don't think I like had followed it as closely until maybe the last few years, and it maybe. Maybe a lot of people are that way. It seems like it mm-hmm. had really grown exponentially. How long have you been writing for them?
1: Yeah, I think the hard drive really helped with that too. Like with the the video game brought the video game aspect brought those people in to look at hard times, and then fans of the hard times were like the first fans of hard drive, so they kind of fed off of each other. Yeah,
0: and I, I would say too, like hard times, at least from you know my you know distant view of it, um, it went from like mm-hmm. oh this funny thing for me and a few of my like friends, but not. To like, there's articles that I share with like my, my dad and my mom. Many that you've written, right? Many, many that you've <laughs> written and uh, advice. So it, it, it and it's been like I couldn't send like my uncle Bob, hardcore band, accidentally reunites in Whole. It went from like hardcore band, that the first one I ever saw was hardcore band accidentally reunites in Whole Foods break room.
1: Oh that was one of my fir- the first I saw and that's one of my favorites still to this day. Oh it's
0: great. But like that's not a joke that's for everyone. That's so like right. So <laughs> but, and that's what, kind of when I got involved to it, but now you're having like um you know like political topical uh, just like there's just so many I mean they still have the punk rock stuff which I absolutely love about them. But like right. I don't know it's just it it, it seemed to have changed where you could then kind of do so much with it and like I've you have 16 fucking pages on there man.
1: I have I'm almost at 250 articles which I am shocked at. I uh there's a, there's a few people who have me beat. Uh, Should we call them out? Like Mark Robux one of them, but I oh I will, Mark Robux one of them cuz the funny thing is it, it uh, is that my wife will always, she'll forget to look at the byline, and so she'll say, like, oh, this one was really funny. It's always one of Mark's. It drives me up a wall. It's always one of Mark's. And I'll always message him afterwards. I'm like, well, my wife loved another one of yours, thinking it was mine.
0: That's so great. Because, like, yeah, there's, like, a handful. Like, I follow all the writers. Or like, you know with hard times in any article, I'm just one of those people, I always look at the bylines, but at some point, when you start mm-hmm. seeing the same name, you start to follow them, and I was trying to remember which one you had written that made me be like, I need to follow this guy, and I can't remember what it was, because I, I'll be honest, I was looking through all yours, I, I won't, I don't, I definitely, don't, we're going to have to read up a few of them for the people, I, I could spend an hour just picking your brain about everything you've written, because it's just like, <laughs> plus you have the book, you have so much other great stuff to talk about as well, but like, oh, if,
1: thank you so much. Yeah, like.
0: Some your, I mean, man, I'm trying. I have so many thoughts. I'm trying to, trying where to start. All right. So let me, I'll, let's start this off for anyone who hasn't listened. I'm gonna read off a few of your headlines. Uh, I went through all sixteen of your pages. Didn't realize. Oh my god. Pretty much everything on my Facebook page for the Let's Chat page is literally almost a third of it was stuff you have written. Without some of that, <laughs> I had known, but not. Aw. Like, so, I noticed. I don't know if you have had this but i've seemed to notice like you have like a running theme throughout your articles over the years and it, maybe you don't realize you're doing it until afterwards but i want to say the one that i think perfectly encapsulate uh, a dan Co- uh, kozu is that correct
1: kozu yeah, yeah, Woo!
0: yeah. Uh, all right so <laughs> is this weird for you to have people read your stuff
1: back to you no i'm interested to know because i've actually wondered because there are people in the group who i'm like that's totally his voice, like, like, and and we like sometimes joke like in the pitch group about how like like that is such a you article, and I never felt like I had a tone, uh, and I've always wondered. So I'm actually very interested oh, cool. to know what you yeah,
0: think. Yeah, you and uh, Dan Rice, you both seem to. Uh, I'll, you're the two I feel like the tonally you can switch off. You both have ones I'm like... I always try... To, I do a thing, like I try to guess who wrote what, and you. I always confuse you for Dan mm-hmm. Rice and vice versa. But... And I think his is great too. But... So the one that I think that is... like So here's is one that I would send to, my, to my, my parents. 40-year-old asthmatic IT analytic explains exactly how we should take down active shooter in the office. <laughs> uh. <laughs> wow. Like, I don't even... But, like, so one, one of the things I was, like, r- as I'm reading all your things, you are one of the funniest people with anxiety, um, not with anxiety, but, like, who write about anxiety. Uh, ah, yeah. The, like, I was noticing a real anxiety thing that you had written in some of your articles and are fucking...
1: Absolutely. But I'm
0: that guy. I'm, like, an overweight, chubby white guy being, like, don't worry about it. If someone comes to this hospital, I'm going to take out the fucking knee. <laughs> like, no, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I have a heart condition. I can't-
1: right? Yeah. I mean, that's. I, I wasn't going for sort of overweight. I, I don't like. I hope the. Uh, but it was. It was just sort of this mentality, and I, I think we all know that person who sort of lives in their head and and thinks that they if if a movie were to happen, I, I that like they're they're kind of constantly thinking in in the frame of well this is what I would do, but it's it's completely stolen from a movie that they saw, yes. and it's and that's not how real life works. And that's one of my favorite subreddits is that happened. I don't know if you've ever seen no. that one. But it's a lot of people, like, it's people posting screenshots of, like, people's fantasy arguments, like, that they win that obviously didn't happen in real life, but they're trying to p- pass off as happening in real life. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, my head, you mean. So literally stuff like... What's that? It's oh. literally my yeah. head. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, like, these people, like, like they'll they'll go and post it in Facebook. It's like, oh, I just totally won this argument in the grocery store. And it's like... And, then, and everybody in line clapped. And oh. it's like, well, obviously that didn't happen. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So, and then, like... I also found, like, you have a very, like, absurdist humor. Like, I and I promise the whole episode won't be reading me all your headlines, but I, I did pick out a handful that were so, like, I had to. You have one that I look at, and I'm like, I don't know why I'm laughing so hard, but it's just opinion. Chug, 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 chug.
1: <laughs> I don't mean to laugh at my own no, article, but I mean, I, there, there's been a few where, where they, because they they recycle, like, they'll, they'll put some of the, the, some, uh, some articles into syndication. There's some where I laugh and then I'm like, "Oh crap, that was one of mine." And then I realize, no, I was going to say, going back to the anxiety thing. I mean, I, I suffer from anxiety, and so I and I, especially the past couple of months, uh, beginning of the year has been really bad, and I don't quite know why. And uh, and so that's where my brain is, and so that's where my and the weird thing is when I'm having anxiety attacks and stuff, I have these weird moments of clarity where I can come up with a joke, like I see my own illogic and so that's where a, a few of my anxiety ones come from is I'm like this makes no sense and then uh, I can so it's totally pointing the finger back at myself I and most of my articles have some sort of truth to my like they're looking back at myself like I think if I try and write an article looking at somebody else they tend to be really mean because there's not that sort of like perspective there and so that's I like political ones like making fun of Trump is really kind of hard for me because I, I like it to be really grounded and, and people to relate to it. And so, and if I, if I can't relate to it, then it tends to just come off kind of mean.
0: But, so you have one, um, I don't have it pulled up, but I remember off the top of my head that, cause it was one I shared and it was, it was one of those ones. I'm like, this is not even satire, but it was like, oh, sorry, I don't, I'm not going to misquote it, but it was like local man or local not- creeper says, uh, she'll be uh, a catch one day or something like that.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was, like, local creep. Yeah, or total stranger yes. says she's going to break some hearts one day or something like that. Yeah, that's just something I don't understand, like, why you would <laughs> compliment. Like, it just sexualizes a child. Like, if it's within family, like, a lot of people say, well, like, my my family says that. I'm like, well, that's your family. I'm talking about, like, strangers in line who just see your oh. child and say, like, how beautiful it's they are. It's so like, weird. It's so weird to and me. Your
0: article is so funny, but, like,
1: so, yeah, that's one I guess I don't identify with. I'm not a creep that wonders why he says that to Oh, people. yeah, yeah.
0: That's funny. Here's one that's just like you, but no, yeah. But that was one, like, I re- read it. I'm <laughs> like, oh, this is funny. I'm like, then I'm reading. I'm like, I don't know if this, like, th- I mean, I honestly feel like you could have, like, a whole separate podcast for a very, there's a handful of Hard Times articles. There should be, like, a debate, like, is it satire? Because I don't even know. Like, that one is hilarious. Don't get me wrong. But it's almost not mm. satire. And I think that's, sometimes I, yeah, there's. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I mean, you wrote, it, obviously, it is, but like, I'm curious to hear your opinion on it. Because it's so. Yeah, I've actually had a few
1: where I am like, I'm like, i just pointing out something somebody said. And so it's not parody. It's not, but it is, yeah, I guess it's not really satire. It's just sort of shining a spotlight on, on a behavior yeah. that is unnecessary. And that's just the headline. And
0: if you go into the article, I think that's, and in in those particular articles, I feel like it's where the satire and comedy comes from. Like, and that's what I think you do so well. But, like, or, like, here's one. I think it's, like, this one sounds hilarious, but also true. Gay, atheist, punk, better Christian than
1: family who disowned him. Uh, (laughs) That one got a lot of heat. I was surprised how much people really didn't like that article. I love it so much. And, like, well, thank you. Some people really got into, like, well, technically you're referencing Old Testament, so that's not really Christian. And I'm, like, this was a joke, guys. Like, there's weird ones where I'm like, people are going to get so mad at this one and everybody does, like, it's fine. And then there's some like that one and a couple others where I'm like, people got really upset about it. Uh, and I, like, the ones I always think are going to be, cause problems never do. And the ones I think are going to be harmless always anger people. So I don't
0: know. And, so, and then, like, I don't, I have to ask you because... Yeah, not because this is how I think. There's this, like, type of joke that you see within the hard time, like, and I think the hard time seems to really have wrapped rap- like, I don't know what the right word is It. I'm going to give you an example. Opinion. As someone who has spent his whole life hunting Sasquatch, I can tell you, without a doubt in my mind, I've wasted my life. Like, is that like a... Switcheroo or like what? Because that's just like I, same thing. Like that's not sad. To, I mean, it's sad.
1: Yeah, that's just kind of a kicker. Like, I like you're expecting him to it. say yes. He, like, oh. I believe he exists. But I, I'm, I'm huge into paranormal stuff. So, but that's that's one thing. Is is I think watch. I like when you watch those those ghost shows and those Bigfoot shows. Like they never find no, anything. Of course not. And like they're just toiling away, and they'll never find anything. Even if Bigfoot exists, they'll probably never find anything. And so that's kind of what the joke was. Is is sort of, just mostly it's just a headline kicker to, to kind of, yeah. Like you said, switcheroo at the end, but, uh, but yeah, but
0: I, 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 I mean, that's the, those are the moments. Like I'm like, I, I have to say hard times has great quality control. I, I could say I like almost every article. I, I can't point to one I don't like, but,
1: They really do. There are
0: times where I just have to stop, and like, it's not even funny, like, my brain hurts. And this is how I end up finding you. A lot of those times, like, you people pick out, it always, my brain hurt ones where I'd be like, what is my reading? It it would be, you were one of the people, it would always be you. That's how I end up finding you on Twitter. And I'm just like, "How, how do you think, like, what is your writing process? Like, all right, like, here's another one. This is like the most topical fucking thing about, like, class warfare. Like, do you pick a topic for, like, Here's an example I want to ask. Like, do you start with a topic for like? Here's one that I'm just like, what? How? Like, it's so funny. I couldn't. I couldn't even laugh. It was so funny. Only eight people have fifty percent of the world's wealth, but I might be one of those eight someday. So I don't think we should do anything about it. I mean, you could write a the, fucking PhD. I mean, I'm thinking West Wing. I mean, that's like, that's like Aaron Sorkin level comedy.
1: If he was funny. Oh Jesus. Uh, well they um. I the thing is because I was actually just talking with some some of the writers at Hard Times about this because they they do do uh, I know you've talked with Matt so I don't want to go too much into like the the process of how they do it because I'm, I'm, your listeners might have heard it but ah screw em.
0: get 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 into the weeds man uh. get into the weeds <laughs> um, yeah Matt was uh, could not have been more kind and he came on at such a uh, he had come on at a very ripe time where I was like very close to hanging it up. And then I was like, well, if something pops up that I want to do, maybe. And then when he re- and then that happened, I was like, yeah, okay. Because he's been on my list forever. And then it,
1: yeah.
0: It, oh, wow. And, and what a tr- what a nice gentleman. Um, I never met him. Um, if, uh, if, yeah, he really is. This is one of the nicest, like, what a nice thing for someone to do. Like, um, I think about a month ago or a couple months ago, Brian Fowling, I know he's been on the Hard Times podcast, is touring or was touring. And then all this shit happened. But he was coming through Providence, where I live. And I, so when I'm trying to get, like, a guest at a various level, you got to do the thing. Like, who do I know? Who knows who, who, whatever. You know, the thing. So I, I, right, I sent Matt yeah. a DM. I was, like, just very polite because, like, you know, we're not, like, friends, but he'd been on the show, and he's just internet friendly, really nice guy. And I was, like, hey, uh, Brian's coming through. Do you have any – just, I'm like, I, I'm, I don't ever want to, like, be too, like, ask too much from people. So I was, like, do you have, like, a email or a way or a, a suggestion to get in contact? And Matt was just, like – I'll do you one better. I will ask him for you personally. And because of all the stuff that happened and a lot of things, and it didn't happen, but like, he doesn't know, like who does that? Like what a nice guy. And I think hearing his story made me kind of really love, um, the hard times even more like that. It's like run by like people with good ethics that give a shit about their employee, like all the stuff I think you and I probably both align with. And as an employee, um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. it was just like, so cool. I was like, Oh my God, Oh, yeah.
1: And yeah. And and, I'm honestly, that's why I've stuck with them for as long as I have. I'm I'm notorious for like like just throwing my hands up and leaving things when things get when I when I disagree with somebody and like and like uh, and Matt and Bill and and everybody who runs the hard times. And honestly, you will be hard pressed to find people who've worked for the hard times that have left under. Like bad circumstances, or, have, or, or or who have even left and don't have an, a good opinion of of those guys, they treat their writers really well, better than probably anybody, and they really do take. The, I, I don't want to say the punk like ethos into uh, into their business, but they really do. They will. They will like like you said, if you reach out to them and say, do you happen to know somebody? And they, they will do everything they can to find somebody like and and they have been so supportive of me and so supportive of, of every like of the writers. And if you're like, I have an idea for something that doesn't relate to the hard times, they'll see if they can find a way to help you with it. And uh, they really just give a lot of their time and a lot of their effort to their writers. And so I, I can't say anything bad about them.
0: All right, now the recording's off. Let's talk some garbage. <laughs> Man, that's the that's worst. That's the worst no uh I and like I I don't I don't know Bill but um I had listened to Edgeland years back because my friend uh, Andy who played in the Flaming tsunamis was on so that's where I first had heard of Bill but then he's on a he's he's like one of those people like one of these days I'll get him on I'll ask him on but you know time but um but yeah but it's I think that's just fucking, it makes me like the heart it just makes me like the hard times I don't know why but it makes me like the hard times even more. Uh, like maybe it's a subconscious thing but every time i read an article now i even think i'm like they got paid maybe just from knowing freelancers no yeah
1: absolutely and and on time they they literally developed a program to make sure you get paid called outvoice that i'm pitching here if anybody's an editor that needs to pay freelancers use outvoice uh and they i have no stake in it whatsoever so right. I, but that's how that's much that's
0: what i'm saying like i was like you know, you got this superpower. You created this hard times website, and now you're gonna go come like a venture capitalist, and you create a company that makes a way to pay people money. Like of all the Silicon Valley yeah. tech stuff, I'm like, um, yeah. I mean, I know after he was on, I was tweeting a lot, and I, I, I mean, i have a very high. I, I, don't think I'm alone. I just have such a high opinion of Matt and and Matt and everyone for like. I just like the whole time was like you were like, we need more people like you who actually have the. Because I have the ethos, but I don't have the skill set. And we don't have enough of that, right? So usually you get, like, the Elon Musk type, but he's, like,
1: you know? I don't know. It's, uh. That's what I, I do like, I do consider Matt, like, this, this like eccentric billionaire, but he's not a billionaire. But he really is, like, he just has these random ideas. And he'll tell you he's not a comedy writer. And he, like, Bill is sort of the comedy arm of it. Uh, and Matt just kind of...
0: Uh, His so. Joe Biden ones that just came out were fucking hilarious. Oh yeah, and then he would like, and and like he was like surprised that he got on the site. I'm like, you fucking, I mean, i am just from home on yeah. my Instagram, being like, you own the site. Of course they're gonna put you on, but it was actually, but yeah. you know what's funny? When I read it, I don't think for a second anyone's like, oh Matt wrote this. We should put it up. I really, I, I don't know this to be a fact, but from like listening to the pitch group and like reading and like reading it, it really, it yeah. does feel like there's a real quality control that would be like, it doesn't matter who you are. I could be wrong, but
1: if he pitched, he had to he pitched it in the group. And like, like, I think I was going back. So f- in Facebook, we have a, a, a hard times group that all the writers in, and I think there's like 400 people in it now. And I make the joke, there's 400 people in it, but 20 of them pitch. Like we, I mean, there's not a lot of consistent pitchers, but, uh, but, and so if you, if you pitch a headline, everybody, everybody from uh, of that 400 people have uh, the chance to, to like it. And so if they like it or they heart it or they comment on it and say this is good, then it moves on to the editors and the editors decide if it, if it goes on or not. And uh, they and it and I like how you said that it does reflect like like you, you think it would reflect in, in the way this the, the site, like the quality that comes out. And it does because they really rely on the other writers to tell them if this if something is good or not. And uh, and they'll like admit like we don't know much about this. And so they'll rely on the other writers who do know about that to tell them if they think it's a really good pitch or not. And then and if an article does really well and they don't pick it up, they always tell you why. Which is like feedback like that is is unheard of in the creative industry. And so when they tell you like when you like a, I, I've had articles get 40 something likes and uh, which is really like really high and they don't go with it, but they'll always tell me why. And, and it, it always makes sense. And if you, you can fight them on it, I mean, usually they win, but <laughs> you can fight them on it. But, uh, but yeah, so they, they really do rely on everybody as a team. And that's the thing is like you don't have people like, in, like you'll see in some writer's room uh, fighting to get articles on. And so they're like – because if you don't like other people's stuff, it's just kind of – and I think that's why 300 people don't pitch as much is because they – you have to put in the effort to like other people's work and that gets your stuff seen as Because then they know that, that everybody's kind of working to get the site going together. What would you, how many, would you guess how many
0: pitches have you made for, how many you said 250 articles? How many
1: pitches do you think you've made? Okay. I actually, I have no idea how many in the thousands, I'm sure. And this is, when I, when I said I was talking to some people about like, cause they, they do themed pitches where like, like Bill will post something and they, he'll say like, let's talk about, um, do it yourself venues or let's talk about, uh, like global warming. And people will pitch under that thread. Like, you can pitch whatever you want, but he'll try and do specifically themed ones, which I am awful at. When you tell me a, a topic I have to pitch on, I bomb every time. Like, I my, like my ideas come from the ether. Like, it's, it's just where my mind is. That's why I've had so many anxiety ones lately, because that's where my yeah. mind has been. And so if somebody can't tell me where, like where my mind should be. It has to be where it is at the time. And I have to kind of daydream to get my pitches. But there are people who are just amazing and just come like, like you give them a theme and they'll give you 30 ideas. And, uh, and so I'm trying, like I said, I was talking to some people and I, I go by, uh, I had a comedy writer once who says for every one joke that you think is good, write 10 jokes. And so, and that's kind of what I do is I, I, about one of every 10 ideas I'll pitch to the pitch group. And then Conan O'Brien says, uh, he goes by baseball rules. So for every ten jokes that you that you throw out there, three land, he considers good. So if you get thirty percent of of your jokes, land with an audience and get a laugh, that's good. And so that's kind of what I go for is one of every ten pitches, or one of every ten jokes I'll pitch. And then if I get three picked up out of every ten that I pitch, Jesus. I think that's great.
0: So would you
1: consider yourself like kind of a utility player? yes actually i would i that's uh, that's another baseball joke is that i when i was on uh, the pitch group i made the joke that i don't hit a lot of home runs but i get on base a lot yeah and so i i think I, i keep a lot of the the well my articles tend to not like go viral and get a lot of people to the site but it keeps the content generating and it keeps it going out there and uh so i think yeah, so that's what I would say. I, I do get on base a lot. I I but I'm not one of the. There's there's people who pitch and I'm, I'm blanking on whose name, Mark Robuck probably, but who just really oh, like their articles are just always great.
0: And and do you think that's um, part of like the topics that are just possibly the things you're also interested in? Is like maybe metal is never gonna be the biggest topic because it's metal only can go so far and that kind of stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I think think. Because I, I do think uh, – yeah, and and that's what when, when people are kind of upset about, like, oh, my this article didn't do very well. And, and th- some of them do. And it could just be the time of day. It could just be, like – I mean, we could be under a worldwide quarantine, and that's why people aren't laughing. It's like, why articles aren't getting picked – like, laughed at as well. Yeah, more. you
0: say that, but, man, the, the one you did about the uh, – what was it? Um, no, I'm going to pull it. The, you had wrote one that I didn't even pull up because I was like, I don't even want to do a new one because you have so many great ones. But it was a – was it CEO? I'm I'm doing this from memory. It was like CEO doesn't understand why you can't come into work from bunker.
1: Oh no, CEO in panic room doesn't understand why you can't come into the office today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I yeah, that one did do pretty well. yesterday. I yeah. sent
0: that out. So we're I I work for, at a hospital, and I will spare the details for my own to keep my own job about with all the stuff and a lot of. I'm still at work, and it, it's it's you know it's been a bit of a sore subject for a lot of people. And, like, sending that out to everyone just made – I mean, I'm talking about people who don't even know what punk rock is. We're just laughing. That we were – like, a lot of – it's your work and a lot of what the hard times turns into and really bad things happen. Like, I, now I turn to the hard times and those, sometimes just those moments, I'm like <laughs> – and that was one of them. I, I'm glad you actually made me think of that. I can't believe I almost forgot to tell you that. But I was, like, sending it to my friends today. I was like,
1: oh, my God. Well, thank you. Yeah, I <laughs> – you made my day a little bit better. Yeah, they're really good at, at getting. Oh, that—that's actually. I mean, that makes me really happy. Then that, that—that's honestly. It, I know it, that feeling. I know it's hard to get compliments. Like, cause I, I, mean, I have a day job, and so. Yeah, and so uh, that that really, I, I really appreciate that. Thank you, and uh, uh so to d- deflect the compliment a little bit, but yeah, hard times is really good at breaking news. Uh, they'll be they'll see something happening, and Bill will, uh, will be out there and he'll say okay this is happening let's get let's get articles and and people really jump on it i mean within a few minutes we'll have 50 pitches from everybody and like i said i i tend to not do great at those the the boss one and the other one like they weren't the, those were kind of organic those weren't in like a thread but uh but yeah they're really good at at, at kind of figuring out what's about to start trending and and getting a, a pitch out as fast as they can a good pitch and not not just like i mean i feel like the onion can get something out but it's not always Quality, yeah, they've, yeah. So I wrote down on my notes. I wrote the themes
0: that I've noticed in your headlines of your two hundred fifty plus episodes. I'm curious to th- uh,
1: hear how this. No, no, no. We're less than two hundred and fifty. I'm almost at. I'm at like two thirty five. Oh, I think,
0: or all right, man. I don't know. We we only talk to people <laughs> at two fifty on the hard times. So, oh, come on, someone else. Love. But uh, um, I wrote metal. I, so the way I I have notes, kind of my brain's a little all over the place. This is all I wrote down. This is all I, I know to pick off. I just wrote mental health, absurdity, Simpsons, anxiety, hypocrisy, metal, topical, and slacktivism. Those seem to be the themes that, for some reason, I kind of picked out of all of, all the stuff you write about. Which is one of the things I find about what I love about your style for your hard times writing is like you almost kind of get into like the subconscious of of like what the like you can like with the, the one you were just talking about the boss like. We're all thinking that in a way, like all of us who are like minimum wage workers and up or like even people making good money who are coming into work when they shouldn't like you really just tap into that thing. But that's not so, the, like, I don't know, for some reason, I just always really found remembering your work. I, I really feel like, you know, like everyone has like a Sims, like certain types of nerds, I'm assuming we're the same, have like a certain type of Simpsons writer they like. I was like, I was trying to um, of that dream team. I don't know if you're how deep you go into Simpsons. I was like, as I was thinking about it, I was like, the way I don't, I don't know if this reference will be for you, but I, I'm in my head, and this, so this is a high compliment for, in my brain. Is um, but I feel like you're the John Shorts welder of the hard times. Like not everyone's gonna
1: know the name, but he wrote wow. the best fucking jokes, and like he's the guy. No, that- I I know so yeah. Oh my god! I don't think I could have ever asked. Ask for a bigger compliment than that. That really, yeah. It. I don't even know. I. I. Yeah. Thank you. I don't even know what to say to that. Thank yeah,
0: you. Yeah. Like, I, I. think for anyone listening, like he's the guy. Like everyone knows Conan wrote for the Golden Years of The Simpsons. Like outside of it, but like um, there's a great book called. Oh, it's the oral history. The unauthorized oral history of the Simpsons like golden years I think it was uh, Dan Orvates wrote it it's a great book about it's an oral history of the first like 10 years of the Simpsons and he's like the guy whose name I never knew but it turned out he wrote like the baseball episode like he wrote like classic Simpsons and Simpsons is like Shakespeare to me right oh same so like here. and like because like i don't i'm like I was i got just that's how my brain works in my head i was like if the hard times this is the simpsons writers room and i was like, trying to uh, that's i don't know why that's what i thought and for some reason i should tell you that but this is here where we are but like yeah because he's like the guy not maybe everyone like i didn't even realize i've read so many of your articles <laughs> until today <laughs>
1: Well, thank you for actually clicking on the articles and reading them too, because we put, we do we put a lot of work into them, like all the writers do. And then we we kind of we see articles like people commenting and stuff. We're like, well, they clearly didn't read like the meat of the article. So I appreciate you actually reading it too. How do
0: you uh, how do you deal with the negative comments online? I feel pretty fortunate of able to kind of avoid that because I don't have a website to people that comment on. They eat me alive and keep me awake at night. Honestly, like <laughs> I can imagine. I know, like. We've talked a little bit about like both of us like have dealt with like various forms of like anxiety. So like I was like wondering, I'm like that must destroy you.
1: It unfortunately, and I I'm really good with rejection. I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a freelance writer, so I'm used to my articles like and, and my books and and things like that being rejected. I'm that honestly doesn't bother me because I've I've gotten to the point where I'm like I could have just gotten the wrong editor on the wrong day mm. and like, but but when I see like and I can see. 300 comments, uh, and of course I read the comments, uh, or at least scan the comments of, of my articles. And like 300 would be great, and I'll I'll read one that says like swing and a miss, mm. and I'll and I'll feel it in my heart, like, Ugh. and like I don't like it just didn't work for that guy, and I'm like, and so that's fine. I, I it it hurts like in the moment, and I do dwell on it longer than I should have, but I, um, most people read the hard times, like really love the hard like. I feel like if I wrote for The Onion, there's a lot more, like, just, like... Snark. Trolls. We don't have a lot of trolls. Yeah. yeah. And, like, people who think they're funny, and so they're angry at The Onion for being funny. But, like, The Hard Times has such a loyal fan base that they... If they don't like it, they tend to not say anything. Uh, but there are there are some people... Like, there are a few times, and I... I yeah, I do, I do dwell on it longer than I should. There, I don't
0: recall the article at the time, but there was one I think I had to ask you to explain it to me. Cause I just like I'm not as well versed in video <laughs> games. Did.
1: I don't remember that. I, one. I don't. Re- I well, I, yeah. I don't think you you knew the the referent like the the specific show or something. It was something. video. I know it was video game related and maybe anime. Like two two of my blinds. Like I like video games, but
0: anime, a complete blind spot to anime. So oh, and I remember like okay. reading it and I, and because it, and, it, and we had talked online. I was like, oh, I think I feel comfortable doing this. Was it the power lines one? Was it the one about power lines and cicadas? Honestly, I could. Uh, I'd have to look back into it. I really can't remember. Uh, that it wasn't, okay. I, trying, okay.
1: Anyway, I, I think happen. you. I, I think <laughs> it. Was, I know it was
0: a video game because I remember you had to explain it because I. You know why I remember it? I asked you because I was like, I can't tell. if This is one of those jokes or the thing that it's so obvious that no one would write this. That's why it's funny. Like the ugh jerk off eye roll motion thing. Oh. like I mean that one I fucking love because that's like, like you have a, for anyone listen One of your, my favorite ones. If you, like you're probably one of your popular ones. I'm gonna guess is opinion. I think is like uh, opinion eye roll jerk off motion. <laughs>
1: That one did do really well, yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, just laughing, thinking about that. Because, like, it's so... Like, who, I'm like, who puts these words together and says this is funny? But it is. But I don't know. But it, it wasn't but it was one of those. It was, like, really... Lo- it's one of my favorite ones in The Hard Times where it sets up, like, almost like a full story. Like, um, it's not one of yours. I think it was Dan Rice, I want to say. Um, he had wrote one. It was...
1: There's a few Dans, uh, so... Because
0: <laughs> I, I, it's one of my favorites. It's... Um, oh, my God, it's like, you can't impeach a dead man as, like, Trump throws a mannequin.
1: Oh, my God. I think that is one of his. Yeah, that one is one of my favorites, but too.
0: Yeah, it was one of those styles of jokes where it's like, it almost tell, told a story, and then I and I was trying to figure out, I was like, I can't tell, or, like, your gay, the, the one we talked about before, the gay uh, Christian being, like, I couldn't tell if it was satire. Like, I just didn't know why it was funny, but, yeah, you were very kind and explained it to me. I was like, oh, okay. And then I'm like, well, that's not fair to you
1: because everyone, jokes are never funny once you explain them. I don't know that. I mean, but if it's like a trope, I think because I, I think that's all I said. It's like it's a trope in anime. Yeah, I, I, like I, it so, was just I had a, a big miss. Yeah.
0: So so when people don't like it, just remember sometimes we just don't know what you're talking about. We're talking about niche shit here, man. True. True.
1: <laughs> now, in ter- I have some. Like, I I know one specifically was I wrote a joke about. Uh, oh, it was something like. James Hetfield will sue anyone who breaks into his house and tries to steal his things or something like that. Like, and it was At like
0: Hetfield is an asshole who will sue anyone. It, it was real. Now it was one of my favorites. I just learned that you wrote that today, by the way, because it was like clearly making fun of the Napster stuff. But then it ended with who breaks into his house.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. Right, and then so it's. And so many people on it were like, yeah, they sue everybody. And I'm like, no, I'm making fun of you for saying that they sue everybody. Like, And, and so it was this weird, like, people didn't like the article, but it was because I was sort of pointing the finger back. And I I, I mean, and that's right. I, I mean, a lot of myself is self, self-deprecating, so I'm, I like to point the finger back at people, and sometimes that upsets people. But no.
0: Yeah, it's like the the wrong person. Like you said, hypocritical. Yeah, or like the person who saw the Joker and took the wrong message from it. Or like... Well, when I was younger, I would right. call like the Fight Club kids—the kids who like saw Fight Club and took all the wrong lessons from it. Exactly. Yeah, like oh, you didn't get that movie, but like yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, um, so with anxiety and all the other fun stuff we get to deal with,
1: how how I imagine how how has Twitter been for you? I'm new to Twitter. I've actually deleted my Twitter several times, not because of me, but because I there's there is so much just like anger like everywhere and even if you try and follow like only comedians they retweet trump and they retweet people being assholes and then like to make a joke about it and stuff and i just i take i'm so i take so much stuff to heart that even if i have nothing to do with it oh absolutely and and like like and that's like when when i see somebody like bomb on stage like a comedian i feel like it's my fault for some reason (laughs) like i yeah it it's so straight and yeah and so i am I'm, I'm overly sensitive when it comes to things no, like same that here. and so uh i have to be careful uh with twitter especially twitter like instagram i love because it's a lot of people don't post political stuff on there and and uh facebook i've kind of weeded to to what i need to see uh but twitter's hard and i i know as a, as a freelance writer i kind of have to have it and i and i try and put as much like joy and, and fun out there as I can through it because there's just so much just just, oh god vile stuff that, that and it, it's almost hard to avoid by following and people. it seemed to be I don't know about you but like it seems like it's gotten
0: worse the last like few weeks because I had a period where like I had a block list and I was doing stuff and then I don't know if it just stopped working or they changed the algorithm and uh, but like it just got
1: yeah, it's, it's, I don't know if it's gotten worse. I don't know how to do blog. Like, I'm really bad at Twitter. I've actually deleted the app. I only go on it through my uh, through my Internet Explorer on my phone, so I don't get, like, like notifications and things like that, and I don't check it constantly. So I'm, tr- I'm trying to detox a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, it, it, I feel like it has. I feel like everybody just I, – I, I don't know. I don't want to go into it. I'm sure smarter people than I have, have gone into explaining why. Twitter's just miserable, but there's a lot of funny people on it and that's why I'm still there. Well, I
0: mean, you were uh, tweeted by Mr. Stephen King. That must have been a fucking treat.
1: That was actually his Facebook page. I'm still convinced it's run by like his people. I don't know. But uh but yeah, he Is that the uh
0: the part of you that's just to flex the compliment like, "Nope, too real, can't allow it." Even yeah. Though it was exactly.
1: I don't know, but yeah, he did tweet. It was it was through his Facebook page, but yeah, the article I wrote about him, which is funny cuz that was a A thread so hard Hard times does music and things like that, and then hard drive does where I I think they're kind of trying to figure out where the everything's kind of overlapping, but like they were like pop culture and things like that. And so that was one where um uh they posted saying, like, let's do a Stephen King, like, this this book article did really well, like, with this author, let's try and do a Stephen King one. And I pitched that one, and that ended up doing really well, uh, mostly because Stephen King saw it. I think a lot of like a lot of the hard times writers were like adding. Like, sending tweets to him saying, look at our article, which we do when we, like, do something with a proper noun. Like, hey, look at this. Maybe you'll do something with it.
0: Have, have you written about anyone or, like, a band or anything that, that, like, didn't... I don't want to say get the joke. Like, didn't know it was satire or didn't like the joke or, like,
1: then, like, didn't like you. And then you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> no, actually, we've, we've done... I think there have been instances with other people in the past that I, I can't remember who, but with other writers and stuff. But I... Most of mine who have been acknowledged by the artists, like Weird Al's the only one I can think of, and he liked it uh, and shared it and everything. And that's the only, and there were a couple bands, like I think Municipal Waste shared mine, which was, it was a treat and things like that. But I've never had one that didn't Weird like Al, it.
0: Weird Al, that must have fucking blown your mind.
1: You have no idea. That made, like, because he shared it. And then Lin Manuel Miranda shared it. Oh wow! And that's and then so people were like getting back to me saying, "Did you see Lin Manuel Miranda?" And like I'm like I kind of know him. Like I know he did Hamilton. I don't know anything about it though. But Weird Al was like, "Damn!" Like like it it yeah. It made my year. That was probably the greatest I feel like thing ever. <laughs>
0: that. And I really feel like that summons, like my personality and so much why I think I connect to your work because like I'd be am the exact same way. It's like Weird Al, this huge cultural figure, but like to some people he's like who, and to other people like us, like he's like a fucking
1: god. I mean, the first album I ever bought was Bad Hair Day. Oh, he is a god. Yeah, man. UH anyway, in that. Uh, oh, the first album I I see I was just talking to somebody about this. So, uh, the first album I ever bought was either uh, Weird Al, uh, Alapalooza, or Tools. Sober album, well, uh, which well I when, undertow. I so it was yeah. either one of those. I don't remember.
0: It's probably well because the thing about like, when well if if someone asked me why first album, my my stock answer is because it's the truth of the second album it was uh no doubt Tragic Kingdom and Space Jam soundtrack. But that's because I don't want them to know that Weird Al like I bought like a Weird Al CD first. Like you know what I mean? I had Weird Al tapes like oh my right. god. But then Lemon Wells is this, like huge oh, yeah. fucking name. You're like oh that's pretty cool. Weird Al, and I feel like that kind of encapsulates of like where we're both at. The
1: the eight year old like lip syncing to eat it in my bedroom was like if I could go tell him that someday I will like occupy just a portion of Weird Al's brain is, uh yeah it I mean yeah oh my god I I, unbelievable that
0: just kind of blows my mind that's so crazy and um it's weird it's weird it's fucking Weird Al and like but is it weird to be be in a position like. it's not improbable that like you may meet him one day and you can at least like have a something to talk about.
1: I never thought like, I just, I literally just froze like in panic thinking about that. <laughs> so thank you for that. Like, Oh my God, that might, but no, I, I don't. Uh, yeah. I, I, I can't even imagine that that would ever happen, but yeah, I would probably bring it up and, and be an, an idiot about it and stumble on every word and like walk away. With my tail between my legs. He seems like he would be a fan
0: of the hard time. Like, you have some really famous people who read your site, like in our own culture and like yeah, bigger culture too. Like lip.
1: Yeah, and uh, yeah, and because he's, he, I mean, even we've had a few weird articles, and so I think since the first one, he's like we've kind of been on his radar. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of punk bands do follow. That's we we joke the the writers joke that when they like when we look on Instagram to see who liked it, we always like just scroll through to see who what verified artists like it. And uh, and there have been a few that, uh, like Emma Ruth Rundle, who's a, like sort of a, a female metal musician. Uh, her stuff, I, I say the metal, like Joanna Newsom, if you know who that is, is kind of a weird mix of her music. But she's liked a few of uh, our articles and stuff like that, which has one of the more recent ones. But we'll always like usually screenshot it and post it in the pitch group and say, hey, look who, like, if you know this, this musician, they, they like our stuff.
0: Oh that's so fucking cool. I, I love it cuz like the hard times feels like I, I I'm sure I said this to Matt too. But like it does feel like it's written with love. And like I knew that cuz I I'm from like the, the punk scene growing up at like from the music scene. But now I read it mm-hmm. and reading like Hard Drive, I'm not a gamer. I'm not part of that culture but I still get that same sense. And then it's kind of helped me like work. Like it helps me have a basic understanding of some of like the younger clients I'm trying to connect with. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like I at least can get some of the, right. the lingo. It's like, all right. I'll, perfect example. I've never seen the Godfather, but I know it because of culture. And like, sometimes I get that through now with like, so like with, um, hard drive and the or the stuff like I don't really know as much about, but now I feel like I can know it without knowing it. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of the same. I I thought I was gonna like. I'm like, well, because I'm. I I mean, I wasn't. I know punk, and I know like uh, like I said, I was a bit more metal. But like, I thought when hard drive started, because it was gonna be like video games, anime, like pop culture, things like that. I'm like, I am going to soar in this group, and I have done so badly in that group compared to the hard times. I and I I still haven't quite figured out why. I, I, I maybe it's too close to me and too personal. Mm. I'm not much of a gamer. Especially, like, now, I, I'm so lost in the realm of gaming that that's probably why. And most of my pictures have gotten on through there have been through movies and anime. But, uh, but yeah, I, and so I really thought I was going to explode there. And I, I haven't done as well as I thought I was going to. Perhaps it was Ego. I walked Too in cocky. thinking Too I was going to be uh, huge. Too cocky. One of the
0: things I also love is that you always make fun of bassists. It seems all the hard times, like, the bassist is always the... Uh... Yeah. is the the butt of the joke but like like yourself and I didn't realize like not all of you guys have or like come from being in bands so like is that like do you get guidance from above of like what it's like to being a band or is it just more of like No
1: yeah I've never been in a band I have no musical talent whatsoever and I think a lot of my jokes actually come from not having musical talent but I uh I my both my brothers were in bands growing up and I was around a lot of bands and my friends were in bands in high school and things and so and I loved music and I went to shows all the time so that's kind of where but yeah, I, I know very little, and I a lot of it's what I've just gleaned, and and a lot of it, I'll, I'll say, is, and I'll admit, not like stealing from other like, Hard Times writers, but like, oh, bassists are, are shit upon. So let's, how like, how can we shit upon bassists some more? And so I'll kind of find a, a way in that well, way.
0: So where did you grow up?
1: I grew up in Chicago, the suburbs of Chicago, west west suburbs of Chicago.
0: Really? So like, uh, and you were involved in the music yeah. scene there?
1: No, I was a theater kid. I mean, I loved punk and 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 metal and stuff, but I was just a nerdy theater sure, what, kid um, for the most part. What
0: bands were like really popular in that era of of Chicago music history? Is that like, uh, was oh. it, like is, is this like are, you're probably like Alkaline? Are you like around Slapstick well, I, era? Or? Okay,
1: I was a little earlier than that, but like I didn't know a lot because I was a theater kid. I mean, I. I, would, I went to Rocky Horror on the weekends, Like I, I and so and I was also a big Christian at the time, so a lot of my stuff is Christian punk and Christian uh, ska. I was big into ska for a long time, um, and so uh, I got really big, like, secular, I got really big into Naked Ray Gun, which was a big, uh, I know they were big in Chicago, but because my brother was, a lot of my musical influences uh, were taken from my older brother, so Yeah. that's... Uh,
0: no, I don't want you to think that you can just say Christian Ska on this podcast and not have me uh, want you to elaborate on that more. So uh, I'm a fucking non-Christian oh. Christian Ska lover. I love <laughs> the uh, O.C.
1: Super Five Iron T- Frenzy was like my band. Uh, so I used to actually, uh, the, I, I will tell you, and I know I maybe I but the O.C. Superstones were such big assholes when I <gasps> met them. Cause I used to work for a a, a, a uh, like not work but like we would go we would get into the show for free if we worked backstage, do like with the catering or whatever, and and so like fire like Fire and Frenzy was my like my idols and I met them and they were just awesome like I met them a hundred like a, a, a hundreds of times to- not hundreds a bunch of times like and then the Supertones were they. I think they were starting to wane. Like it was right, like swing dancing was starting to come in. And so they kind of changed their image and they started wearing zoot suits. And they just, they just had this chip on their shoulder and they were so nasty to us. And anyway, that's my oh, OC Superstone Were you a Slick Shoes fan? Not so much. I mean, I, I think I saw them once uh, with the W's maybe. I, I don't know if you remember no. the W's. They were like, they were a swing. Uh, but yeah, Goaty Hook was my huge... Like, they were punk. I loved uh, Goaty Hook. Some of
0: these bands I didn't know were uh, Christian at the time. Like, I didn't realize that... Like, I remember... I didn't... It took years to realize that the O.C. Supertones are being like... Uh, we got love for you. you they were Got love for I, us.
1: I would love... And I, I really want to write a, a book. I want to write, a, a, like, a book about the 90s punk... Like, Christian punk explosion. Because there were so many of them that were just shitty punk bands that knew that if they went Christian... They could do better. Oh yeah, they wouldn't be just white noise in the punk scene. And so there was one band I remember. Uh, uh, oh, what was their name? It was uh, uh, Squad Five O. I don't know if, if you ever oh. heard of them. They were a punk band, and they were so bad. And they like they would get on stage and try and do these like Christian like bits in between, not like humorous bits, but they would like. They would be like, man, I saw, I saw the word, uh, G, like I saw the GD word the other day. Man, that's so blasphemous. Oh, and like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, it's so weird. Uh, and that, but and like, the weird thing is, like, Five Iron Frenzy is still touring, and one of their their members is an atheist now. Wow. And like, I mean, it, it, like, they're more liberal, and I think that's why I like them so much is because I was starting to kind of become liberal, and I like, I liked their kind of political message. And anyway. No, yeah.
0: that's because like, like I know like one of my friends like would go to this huge Christian festival in New Hampshire and like MXPX would headline and I don't even think yeah I'm yeah not, and MXPX I don't think they're even a Christian band I think it was
1: was that Cornerstone
0: I think that yeah yeah MXPX oh, was. they were they
1: were kind of they were like the the first oh. yeah 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 I don't know if they still are but they they were uh, because like, you know, like
0: sometimes because I oh, used to get oh,
1: yeah, what were you saying? Them and 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 NoFX confused. Oh my god, and, me too. <laughs> those are two bad. I yeah, I yeah. actually
0: don't like NoFX. I think they kind of eh.
1: yeah, They've never been. I think been they're a little overrated. I think the
0: label's great, but uh, him as a person, eh. But uh, yeah, I um okay, because like you know, in comedy, there's like you know, like Christians will love a comedian that just doesn't swear, even though it has nothing to do with right, God. Yeah. Like, Brian Regan like and, like, Jim Gaffigan killed, but they don't talk about, it. well, Jim Gaffigan maybe
1: a little more. That's true. I actually, I love clean comedians. I think clean comedy is one of the hardest oh, yeah. things, especially as a comedy writer, that you can do, like, and, and I will always defend clean comedy. Like, I think Jeff Foxworthy really is actually really funny oh God, yeah. uh, for the most part. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, like, and Louie Anderson is probably my favorite comedian really? of all time, and... <laughs> He actually was dirty. I like, and he's told this story. I can't remember who it was. It might have been Rodney Dangerfield, but I I, I could be wrong. But he like he used to just kind of swear like casually in his set or whatever. But a comedian came up to him after, and he's like, "If you were clean, you'd be huge." And he and he went clean. Like he just kind of cut the swears out. And he did. He exploded because and he. But a clean joke is so much harder to write than a, a dirty joke is so easy. Uh, and a clean joke is so hard. Oh yeah. And so if you could do a good clean joke, it's there's nothing better in this world than a than a good clean joke. And Louis Anderson is kind of the the, the pinnacle. I of that. my introduction to him was his
0: old cartoon
1: Life with Louis that I used to be obsessed with. Oh, I love Life with Louis. Oh my god, me like that was like Simpsons, and like me and my one friend would know Life with Louis and yeah. quote it because we both really liked it. And like. And we would quote his special too. Oh. Like I still think about some of the jokes from his special. I need to watch
0: Baskets, but like, he was. I really liked him a lot when yeah. I was younger. And I remember like I was doing a friend of mine's podcast like some years back. Um, it's called Cynical Cartoons, and you're supposed to like pick like a bad cartoon. And one of the ones, and or not even just bad, but like mm. usually, you know, when you're doing a podcast like with a theme, you get like you make a list. And I put on like Life with Louie. and my oh, friend yeah. uh, Mia was like, "No, this is too good. Like it's not going to be fun to talk about. Like yeah. how did this." It just didn't work and I think we did like
1: all the episodes are still on on are, are, are uploaded on Facebook actually. What? I went to watch a few of them really because so that's a show I go like, back to
0: every so often. I, I still remember like Dad.
1: he made it he made like a show and his routine is about his alcoholic father like his alcoholic abusive father yeah. and it's clean and it's like almost wholesome in a yeah. way.' It's so weird.
0: yeah, it really is. It's so fucking good. It's so good. Were you all a fan of Stretch Armstrong by the van by any chance?
1: No, I don't know that. They were, like, many, a tooth and nail, uh, at tooth all. and
0: nail, like, kind of posse hardcore band. I don't even know how big.
1: Oh, my God, tooth and nail. Do, do you have
0: that, like, you have these bands that maybe you just saw the right, at the time you probably thought they were, like, the biggest thing in the world. Oh, yeah. And then you're like, oh, maybe, maybe not. Oh, yeah.
1: The- <laughs> I'm trying to, Primus was my band. Like, that was my biggest, like, I mean, that, they're huge, obviously, but I'm just, that was the first band that came into my like that's where I'm like oh my god and that's I do love music with a sense of humor and they have like a metal edge and it was I mean it was exactly what I needed and uh but yeah I was obsessed with Primus for a really long time such a
0: nice person you could not have been a Primus kid in high school and
1: I don't think we would like they were the worst people I don't all the primus uh, well the other Primus fan that I knew the one other guy that I knew he actually moved I actually I I can't remember his name I always wanted to find him but uh, he was the nicest kid in the world. He was actually like a popular kid, and I was like a bullied kid. And he like tried to get the other kids to like me, and it didn't work. But he was he was a weird like popular metalhead. But he he was clean cut. He just liked metal by chance, so that's how we bonded. Oh. But, uh, I wish I could rem- I wish I could sure. remember his name. But yeah, he really like like stuck up for me when 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 I got like picked on. And uh, thank you, whoever you are, blonde kid that I can't remember the name. I wonder
0: by. if he reads the hard times and looks at your name like oh yeah. That's not improbable. Well, does this give you inspiration or write a lot of a lot of Primus
1: jokes to hopefully you get his attention? I never got a Primus joke through. I pitched a few, and again, I think it's too personal. <laughs> we've had we've had a few get through, but not mine, because uh, I think it's just too close to mine. Are yours heart.
0: just like Primus five-star record, but seriously, this is a great record, you should listen to it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fistle fry is underappreciated. I don't care if this isn't funny, it is.
0: Um, uh, so um, one of the the kind of reoccurring themes I think I've been finding that I've been finding within myself in the show it's like kind of I love talking to people who are like kind of I guess I think for the first time in my life um, I'm finally like maybe open or accepting it to myself like you know this is what I want to do I don't know how to do that I'm like very early stages so it's so fun talking to people like like you like you're a, a day job haver but you kind of want to do this other thing. And uh, is, is writing your other thing? I know you have, like, besides, like, comedy writing, I know you um, you wrote the book Lingeria, uh, Book One of One. And just so you know, around my house, Correct, we call yes. it Dangeria. Uh, well, just me and my father-in-law. I, my my <laughs> like father-in-law that. is a huge sci-fi fanatic and sci-fi writer, so I gave it to him. I think he's, he's working his way through it. Oh, her. awesome. Yeah, he actually joined a writer's club where I, he's in a sci-fi writing group. And I'm like, that is... But, yeah, anyway, so, like, how does that work for you? Like, what's that balance of, like, having to work a job? And from what I've seen on Facebook, you seem uh, happily married.
1: Yeah, yeah, happily married. Uh, So, yeah, I I went to film school, actually. I planned to be, like, an independent filmmaker who made, like, angry, uh, disturbing, surreal films. I was going to be the next David Lynch. And uh, I graduated film school, and I'm like, I don't want to move to L.A. I don't want to move to New York. I, I don't want to work in the business. I don't want to become some asshole's assistant to try and become, like, an assistant, assistant director someday. Because and, and, I, I tend to become burned out very quickly and, and start to become jaded very quickly. And so I'm like, if I go and try and play the game, I'm, I'm going to hate it. And, uh, and so I was working as a paralegal in a law firm, and I just, like, went from part-time because I worked there part-time through college, and then I went full-time. And then uh, this was in Chicago. And then uh, I just didn't know what I was going to do. I, I wrote uh, I wrote movies like crazy. Uh, I wrote like sketches. I, I was hired to write a movie that, that like an independent, very, very, very low budget independent movie uh, that got made. And, and it's not very good. But, uh, and I'm just like, I don't, I, I don't. And then like when I hit 30, I realized that all of these serious movies I was writing, these angry wailing and gnashing of teeth movies that, that showed the seriousness of life were not who I was. And there were, there was no like heart to them. And that's when I'm like, I think I want to get into comedy. And so I, I like, and I, comedy's always been something I've loved. And I just never thought I was never the funny kid in class. Like I could always kind of, I was always kind of hit a joke and I was in like an improv group in college, like everybody was, but uh, I just didn't think it was something that I should like focus on. And I, I took myself too seriously as well. And then, in my thirties I, I stopped taking myself as serious and started like looking at comedy and honestly hard times was has been one of the greatest things because you really cut your you cut your teeth there and you you find out what's funny, you find out what's not, you you fail but in in the most like uplifting way possible. And so that was really where I kinda honed my craft and, and was able to write my book. I was like I I wrote and I, I paid for the editing myself and then I self-published it because I wanted to put something out there. I wanted something of mine out there instead of sitting in my laptop waiting for somebody to give me money to do.
0: So to quote Jed Bartlett,
1: what's next? If it's a perfect world, then I, I, I'm i writing a book, and I'm, I have my own TV show that I'm writing. I mean, if, if we're talking fantasy land, yeah. Uh, but I, I have no idea what's next, and I, I'm trying to leave myself open to anything. Sure. That if if somebody wants to give me something, give me money to do something, I'm going to do it, be it a movie or a book, uh, uh, I, I have to focus myself a little bit, so I'm, I'm working more on books because I know I can get them out instead of uh, movies. But but just today I was watching a movie, uh, and I was and it reminded me of an idea that I had a long time ago, and I'm like I should I should just get that script out. I should just pound that script out, and so I might start writing a script. So I have no idea. No, that's
0: uh, that's just I'm just curious. Like, do you do you have a moment that you think, or moments that led to Was it turning thirty, or was like did you have something that happened, like where things like transformed for you? Or was it just fuck it, I don't care?
1: What in what way? Well, you said you,
0: I said back that you turned thirty, and then you like look at your old stuff, and all of a sudden you're like, you know, you seem like your your work changed in terms of like uh, you putting heart into it. Like, did you have something that? specifically
1: oh. happened to you like yeah you know, i i think no i think it was just and that's what it just writing and and practicing you you just keep pushing and you find out where your voice is and i think i was i had the, like i i mean i have a, i have a few scripts that are that are dramas that i would still make and that i'm still proud of that i wrote but i i think and actually the one of them and i think it was kind of the one that i was writing right in my late 20s had a lot of comedy like a lot of jokes to sure. it and I'm like, oh, I didn't realize how like funny, because I, I was just kind of putting it in there and, and like detailing it. It was one I, I think I put the most work into, uh, other than my book, but like earlier stuff, like uh, that I did a lot of research and I put I I really did draft after draft after draft. Wow. And I realized as I was kind of creating the characters, I really found that when you make a character funny, people relate mm-hmm. to them, and not even funny, but just can can say a joke or can there or something funny can happen to them, and I think people relate to that. And it really does—it actually heightens the drama, too, when you have parts that make you laugh. And so that's kind of always been there, but it, it was just where I had to go as an artist. And I think some people are just there in their 20s and uh, and know exactly what their voice, and they could write an amazing script. And I—that's it, just—it just takes me longer, and, and that's one thing I'm coming to realize is that it, I— I'm maturing later than I than some people do. Not everybody matures in the, in, the, in college, so... Oh,
0: uh, hello. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I feel like everything you're saying is so spot on. Like, I don't know if it was, like, a... I mean, I had a life-changing, ex- life ex- you know, like, experience or whatever. But, like, no, there's just something about it. Like, you know, just as you is it like confidence almost like you just maybe you just start feeling more in yourself but like it but then the, the, be- the yeah. beauty of it is like then the, the, the work gets better you know and it's so cool and it's unfortunate we have these jobs that get in the way to do that thing but
1: <laughs> right, but right. You're elect- elect- what, it, yeah. yeah i moved uh i i burned out in chicago really hard because i i i, I didn't realize that my anxiety issue was was that's what it was? I mean, I've been I've been having panic attacks probably since college, oh, not realizing that that's what was sure. going on. And then, uh and then finally, and like I, I got like a really kind of uh a really nice paralegal job. That was it was, but it was it was as a trial paralegal. And so the pressure was just insane. And it was something that I just didn't want to be doing. And I didn't like, and I was working like crazy. And the 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 actual law firm was amazing. The attorneys there were amazing, and. Uh, it was actually really nice, but I, I just, I fell apart. I wasn't on medication that I should have been on and my anxiety, like I didn't know anything about like meditation or anything like that. So I just, and so we were, my wife had had, uh, at the time wasn't working and I was miserable. And so we were just like her, her family had, we, uh, my wife and I went to high school together, but we didn't start dating until she come back to Chicago for college, Aww. but her family, her family had moved to Atlanta. And uh and we're just like, there's nothing keeping us here. Chicago's getting more and more expensive. I'm miserable. Like, let's just go. We've neither of us had kind of done this before. And so we packed up and moved to Atlanta. Just right? like that. And yeah, really. It really was just like that. Do you think
0: you would have ended up writing for Hard Times if you never moved?
1: Like that sliding door scenario? Cause like I do think I, I would, only because the first person to ever send me a Hard Times article was a friend from high school who I am still in touch with. And uh and lives in Chicago, who I hung out with, so uh, he probably would have sent it to me anyway. Oh, day. nice, nice. So I pro- and that and I was I was uh, at my my current job still uh, that I still have, but uh, he had sent it to me through like GChat one day, and I opened it up and I was and I, I don't typically do this, but I opened it up and it was it was a really funny article, and I'm like, I'm gonna apply for them. Like I just I, I immediately like looked up how to how to apply and applied in that like, within the hour of getting my first Hard Times article. Wow. Don't you love that
0: stuff? Because, like, for me, like, there's just certain – everyone has a certain thing that
1: they're
0: – got to find whatever it is. It's sometimes it's sports, it's writing, it's comedy, it's whatever. But, like, yeah. I've tried a lot of projects, and I've quit every single one of them. And for whatever reason, for me, th- this is the <laughs> only thing that I, like, has stuck. And it's probably, like, one of the only things I would even feel confident. Like, and it takes uh, – like – say, like even if I found my voice like that I'm good at which I would imagine you could say that like you can confidently say that you're a good writer I think it probably takes time at least me it took a long time to get there
1: but like everywhere else
0: no not the case
1: yeah I'm I'm the king of quitting too I like yeah, me I too. do I, I try a lot of things I have a lot of like hobbies that I give up very easily and um I, yeah writing I've always stuck with I I always like since I was a kid and. I would never had the confidence to actually think I could I actually like started screenwriting because I didn't think I could write a novel. I was like no my att- my attention span's too too bad to write full paragraphs. I can't focus, I can't sit down and focus, so I need like screen and as soon as i learned like the screenplay format like you only have to write a paragraph and then you write dialogue for seven pages like of course i can do that yeah, yeah that's mm. where it
0: different i'm just like i can't do any of that oh that sounds awful <laughs> but
1: maybe that's funny wait well, the other people thing like, is screenwriting software is even more helpful because it like the character name auto generates and the scene headings auto generate oh. and you just like and it really keeps you from like overthinking everything and you just and you just pound it out and then uh so yeah that's that's really and I mean I I mean I've been obsessed with films again since I was a yeah, kid of course. so it made sense but I really didn't think I could write a novel, and I probably couldn't have until I was in my thirties, and I would calm down a little but, bit. But
0: look at the. Not only did you write your novel, but like you, you did it. Like you took that punk ethos, and then you made a book, which I am. Well, it's downstairs at the moment, but you were nice enough to send and <laughs> you know uh, to me. And it's it's fucking your the art of it is so beautiful. I'm not a big reader, so I have not really delved into it as much as I wanted to. No, but that's fine. Father
1: in law, <laughs> I feel bad for you, authors. Cause, I didn't draw the the picture.
0: Oh no! Oh yeah, I didn't. I didn't um, think. I you found did. a
1: really a really great artist. Uh, his name is Rocky. Or, yeah, his name is Rocky Negron. Uh, and N uh, E G R O N. I suggest you you go and look them up because uh, the art is just amazing. And was actually did the art for some of the Hard Times podcasts, like cover oh. art, like their podcast art. And I saw like the the drawing, and I'm like, that's kind of what I'm looking for. And I, I emailed them, and um, and it was like just starting out. And so we worked together and just did amazing artwork. And yeah, I actually, and this is, this is funny. Cause I, I, I know how you, I feel like you kind of are the same way, but well, I don't know, but I sent my book. I did send my book to publishers and uh, I, I read somewhere that, that JK Rowling sent her book to 25 people, 25 like publishers before somebody picked it up or something yeah. like that. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to send it to 25 publishers. And I did. And I got <clears throat> rejected by all but one, one picked me up. And it was a tiny tiny press, and uh, I don't quite know what happened, but during the contract phase, we, we did not get along and it, and it fell apart. And I, I'm the king, and that's, I'm the king of walking away from, from, from very good opportunities. Uh, I've had other like uh, I had a cartoon picked up by a, an internet company, and they wanted to own the IP. And we actually, like, we still worked with them, and it ended up falling apart anyway, but we, like, we still got to retain the rights to it. That's um, impressive. But, yeah, that, I feel like that happens to lots of people, but, yeah, I'm, I'm the king of, like, I, I think Larry David is actually known for doing this, too, of, like, when, when people get, like, the slightest inkling of, of getting, like of him not getting his way, he just throws up his hands and walks away. <laughs>
0: Is that because you're so in love with your ideas? Like you don't seem like a super anti-criticism person if you're an improv team and no, work with and I,
1: hard, I, hard times. Or is that your vision so specific? No, it's not. And it's it's weird. It's usually like business. Not business. But like the thing with the publishing agency was they sent me their contract. And I work on contract. I'm a paralegal for a living at CNN. I work on contracts. That's, that's kind of part of what I do. And so I made edits to the contract and sent it back to them because there were things in there that I didn't agree with. And he's like, no, you don't edit my contract. You tell me the changes and we will talk about it. Blah blah. blah. I'm like, it was just it was edited like in in a different color, like red line. I don't know. But uh, and so like you could see the changes. I just wanted you to see that. Like he just got so it's a personality thing more than anything. I I relate
0: to you so much.
1: If you come at me with it, like with a better than personality or with like an ego, I'm like I have no problem walking away from. It's just like,
0: is it like you don't want to expend the energy?
1: Yeah. Which I, you got to work with assholes sometimes. I know. I just, not, I tend to get. I'm and, not great at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: and From what I've learned from my therapist is I'm uh, a bit of a lightning rod for emotional connection, according to him. So like, I'll find like sometimes I'm like, if I don't find like I'm connected to the person, even though it's not doesn't really matter then it just won't work for me it, you know it's weird yeah you know, right. but like it,
1: and i actually the the funny thing was i actually had a therapist once that said like you have a problem with authority and i'm like no i don't i'm a weak-willed coward and she's like no you're you're not a, you're you're not gonna like like fight somebody but you're gonna you're not going you don't like being told what yes. to do you have a problem with authority and you just deal with it in your own way and i'm like oh my god i do i'm such a badass but it's the punk rocking but you. seriously yeah. like yeah, like I I I'm not gonna like spit in somebody's face, but if you're if you're going to come at me in a way I don't like, I am not going to work with you. I have no problem with that.
0: Yeah, I love that. I but I think that adds a value to your work, which I think is so incredible. And then but also look where you've mm-hmm. landed with, with, with the hard times with the people of, like it will lead you to the thing that you should have been at because like I know that we were talking about that boss thing. It's like a very it sounds like a small thing, but like when it's ha- in those moments, you're like, "Well, if this is what this is like. I'm done." Cuz you know, it's they don't give a shit. It's just a power play, and they're just trying to and yeah. I'm like, "Yeah, not having it." Like this I know that feeling too. And like it's sometimes i have to get better at working through it or not saying the wrong thing or be like fuck <laughs> off <laughs>
1: sometimes it's tough right well that's why and that's why i didn't go to la like i knew who i was going to have to deal with if i went there and it wasn't i, I like i knew in my heart i wasn't going to want to deal with it and so and there there are people who can be great artists and deal with that at the same time i know my personality and so i kind of know like how to how to work those waters in the way that i need to yeah
0: i, I always it's funny i always say it's like it's like a whole different skill set like the making the art and then selling the art and it's not fair and that some people are yeah, good at seriously. both
1: like i need a manager if anybody out there wants to manage me or agent me please reach out because i need somebody to help me uh deal with that
0: i don't know how that works but i know yeah, someone i, I know uh, i've had someone on here who has like a literary agent i'll I'll, I'll talk to you after, I'll talk to you off mic about that, because um, I like, yeah I'm, so I'm a part of, like, where I record my podcast, I'm part of a, a writer, it's called the What Your Writer's Club, but, like, I, 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 I'm not a writer by any means, it makes me very nervous even, I don't know, I get a lot of anxiety around writing, because I'm not good at it, and, um but they have a podcast studio, but, so through that, it's, like, this weird thing where, like, all of a sudden, like, I'm brushing elbows with all these people, I'm, like, I guess it, they used to. I guess not now, but but for I guess you would call it like imposter syndrome and be like, I don't know if I belong here.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I
0: think I f- It took me a long time. I think now, which is weird. I I. It's been like six years. I finally feel like I belong. But it it's a it's a it's a strange
1: thing. Well, no networking. Like that's I, I'm I'm the worst at networking. I hate it. And um, I like I go to these events and I just I don't I don't. I'd rather go to like a bar and talk to a truck driver personally. Like, and that's the thing. And that's the other thing about why I kind of fell out of love with, with screenwriting and and making movies is that's like, and and if that's your passion, that's fine. If that's all you want to talk about, that's fine. That's just not my jam. Like I want to tell stories because I want to tell stories. If like, if all you do is watch movies because you want to make movies, all the movies you make are going to be like referential to the movies you watch. If you're not going out there and, and meeting people that aren't in movies and that aren't, that do other things. Your stories aren't going to be any different than what you're watching, and that's kind of where my like my ideas come from: or being around people who aren't like me, and being around people who who lead different lives than I do. And so, when when I go to these networking events, and they want to like, what are your top ten movies? What what movie do you love to hate watch? What movie? Blah blah. blah. Like, I I like talking about movies, but not my whole life. And sure. so.
0: Sure, sure. No, I I get that. There's like I, um, I think that's a big thing within. Pod, I think within podcasting, the ones that like do well, it's like it's like why like Baron is so popular and stuff. It's like people, uh maybe not all, but certain people. I think I think we're both in that company. Like, um, just I crave authenticity, and like you know, and so yeah. And if I ever get like a whiff or a sense of artifice, which I'm, I'm just fucking hands in the air. I don't give a shit. Like fuck <laughs> this. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. so funny. I, sometimes I'm
1: like I wish I had that skill, but. But I don't. Yeah, you never know. Even if you don't even if you don't think you're good at it, like just if if you get passion from it, you don't have to show it to anybody. But That's true. That's what I tell people. If you if you're if you're interested in something, just do yeah. it. Yeah. Like you don't have to show anybody. And that's we live in a culture where you have to show everything.
0: That's so true. Like, <clears throat> but like you I just still can't imagine that you like just the organizational skills to have to sit down and write a whole book. Um Wow. Uh, well actually what can you like I was gonna try to do a recap of it, but man how do you explain your book? It is, it's been uh, the way I I would say it's niche is uh, it's very Dan uh, Kozu. Like if, if you're talking about your voice, when I picked, read the book back in the book and I, I read the first few chapters, I was like, yeah, this is him. Like this is your like it's
1: so uniquely you. Does that make sense? It, yeah, it is satire. Like it's not parody, but it's it's so it's a humorous fantasy novel. Um, and so if if you like uh, Discworld or Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It's, I would say it's a not as witty version of those. I'm not a very witty person, but, but uh, it's about a fantasy author who uh, is wildly famous, sort of like a George R. R. Martin type uh, for his fantasy novels, but he hates them. He's grown really sick of, of writing them. And so uh, he decides he's going to kill himself. And instead of killing himself, he accidentally finds a portal into the world of Lingeria uh, where his characters live, and he discovers when he gets there that his books have somehow found their way there and they are now the Bible of Lingeria and he is their <laughs> god and he is worshipped uh, along the land as their god. And it turns out that there is a wizard uh, that has also taken root in Lingeria that he never wrote that uh, has taken power in Lingeria and he and it, uh, some of his characters go on a quest to find uh, this wizard and figure out what happened and, and why the world exists in the first place.
0: That is like... Oh my
1: that's so But yeah, but Len
0: like as you're explaining it, I, like and I, maybe this is part from the cover art I get this, but it has a very Matt Groening, like uh very like Life and Hell Simpsons and uh you know, it's it's so great. Like um it just makes me Oh thank,
1: yeah, I, I mean The Simpsons obviously a huge influence on me. Uh but yeah, that that book actually started as a cartoon pilot that I had written and then when the first cartoon that I that I was working on fell apart, I was like I was literally in bed one night and I'm like wait, I wrote a cartoon about an author going into the world of his novels. Why don't I just write a novel? And like, it was like a duh kind of moment. And I realized, like, and I kind of broke it up. The chapters are almost like episodic. And I'm like, just one chapter at a time, just one chapter. Like, so every, every chapter kind of resolves itself in a way. And uh, that's all I focused on was just getting one chapter done at a time. And that's, that's how I was able to do it.
0: That is so cool, man. Um, man, before we wrap it up, is there anything we missed? I feel like we covered a lot. Yeah, hard times in my book. That's <laughs> that's about all I got going on. Uh, that's all. Plus, you know, you're, yeah, no, that's pretty cool <laughs> shit. And um, so where can people find you online?
1: Uh, I am at Dan Kozu K O Z U H on uh, Twitter and Instagram, and that's where you can find me. Woo! Awesome, man. Uh, thank you so much. Hello, potential listeners. My name is The Vern,
0: and I'm the host of the Cinema Recall Podcast. On most shows myself, along with some great guests, we will talk about a movie, and then some of the most iconic moments that happened in said movie. On top of that, you'll get bonus shows where I will give you short reviews about new and classic movies, or I'll just rant and rave about something going on in the entertainment industry. So come check us out. We're available on Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, most other places. Don't forget to follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are at Cinema underscore Recall. And then on Facebook, Instagram, we are Cinema Recall Podcast. Uh, don't forget to email us your ad spots to play on future episodes. That email is cinema Recall at gmail.com. Hope to see you around, and thank you very much for listening.